0: Hello, I'm DJ, musician, and host, Irena Mancini, and welcome to Unknown Pressures. I'm delighted to present a brand new series focusing on music and mental health. I'll be talking openly and honestly to musicians you know and love about their very personal journeys, from the studio, on the road, and at home. I start with one of the leading singer-songwriters in the country, the fantastic Tom Adele. Tom has four top ten albums, won the Critics' Choice Award at the Brits, and even a prestigious Ivor Novella Award. I'm absolutely thrilled to have Tom here today to talk about his experiences, why he's going independent and of course, how he deals with mental health in his life and work. How are you doing Tom? Good,
1: good, thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for today. Pleasure. Um, I'm going to kind of roll back to the beginning. Where did your love of music start?
1: Uh, my love of music started when I was four years old and I was, I have a very vague memory of seeing a band and I was mesmerized by the band and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world to do.
0: We have to know what band that is.
1: They were like a wedding band, I think.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: what, uh, did, what were they playing?
1: I don't remember, but (laughs) it was, um, I think it was uh, maybe not a wedding band. They were like a, a sort of function band or something like that. They were, um, I don't, it's like one of those weird dreamy memories that may have not even happened, but it seems, it seems like, uh, that was, that's my first musical memory. And maybe there's like a photo of it. It, That's like a, band on a bandstand or something but yeah that's th- what, what about what about yourself
0: I used to listen to lots of old records and Ella Fitzgerald for me I think her voice for me was right. enchanting I think I felt quite emotional actually hearing her voice quite young right um, my dad was a musician so he played me loads of really good music so I was very lucky I had a good education right um,
1: he's not Mancini as in like he's not Henry Mancini, Henry Mancini. I Mancini. wish
0: I wish because you like Henry Mancini yeah. but um, no he's
1: not is he but related yeah. to Henry Mancini? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, he's not. But, but sometimes if I've had a drink, I do tell people that.
1: Right. Because <laughs> it's not such a common name, I don't think, is it? It's Mancini. not.
0: It's Italian. So Italian. I've got half Italian side. Right. So yeah, yeah. That's cool. So that's what I. that's what I heard. And then I played a piano. I started on piano like you did as well. Right. I hear. So. Awesome. What steered you towards that?
1: Piano? Yeah. Um... My uh so my grand my grandma had a piano. She had a pianola which was a kind of um I guess it like preceded the gramophone and you would um pump the pedals with your feet and then you'd put like a a, a scroll or something in it and it would play itself and uh I thought it was incredible like this thing it was like mm, it was like an invisible man was playing the piano in fact they're so mind-blowing those things. have you ever seen those things where like the modern version of it is just, just got like a box mm. on a grand piano and then the keys play themselves yeah so mad that technology it's, a like it's
0: amazing how much work went into creating music as well yeah. you know how now it's so easy easily accessible yeah but Back in the day, you'd have to learn to play it to listen, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's kind of, kind of nice. Yeah, I guess yeah.
1: the thing that I think about is that, like, y- as you said, it's it was so accessible, but music must people must have had such a different relationship with it because mm-hmm. you couldn't just hear it um, when you wanted to. It was like someone had to sing or perform it, or you yeah, before the gramophone. But yeah.
0: Do you remember your first songs you wrote? Uh
1: yeah, uh, like when I was yeah, I remember like a first melody. Yeah.
0: Can you sing it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 it was like it went da 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 da. Look to the stars and I will see the blue.
0: Oh. You should record <laughs> that. It's <laughs> <That's> a hit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, so you started writing songs, and you i so your parents' musical as well, or
1: no, so my my grandparents and my no my grandmas on both sides both played the piano, and then I had an uncle that played the piano, so it was like I feel like it was far enough away that it felt sort of exotic, mm. but it was close enough that I could you know learn from them, I guess so it was a good i think it was a, it was a sort of correct i don't know i like cuz i got on really well with my grandparents i love my grandparents so much like they were they were dead now but they they were i had a really strong relationship with them so i really looked up to them in a way that perhaps you can't look up to your parents although i, l- I do look up to my parents i love them very much but the distance that you get from a grandparent means you love them in a particular mm. way that you you couldn't love like a you need your mum too much to love her l- in a certain way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I guess everyone's relationship's different, but...
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing that struck me about you is that you you had a lot of success very, very quickly. Mm. Um, mm. You were really young. You know, you had um, an Ivan Avella Award at 23, which is, I mean, as a songwriter myself is... Uh, a dream come true, in right. a way. How did it feel to kind of have that so young, all of that?
1: Yeah, I think it just felt good. It felt yeah. nice. Like, I I think I worked very hard up to that point. So it was like, it wasn't overnight. Like, I was, <clears throat> from 15 or 16, I was, I was obsessed with writing songs and playing in bands. So it was like, it felt like a sort of decade before... But Yeah, it was probably quite a lot to deal with and looking back, like, I think probably found it more overwhelming than I would have liked to have admitted at the time. But
0: Does it feel a bit like a dream, all of that all of that?
1: Life still does. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I think Yeah, it feel it yeah, it felt mm. it felt like a, it feels like a blur now but then everything always does in the past to some extent i mm. think but it was i was very happy with it obviously mm. at the time did
0: you feel like you had a lot of support at that time
1: i'd say i'd say to some extent but it's quite a unique thing to go through so it's difficult to it's difficult for someone to try to understand mm. i couldn't really talk to my Friends or my family about it because no one was, no one had become an international <laughs> pop star before. <laughs> you and you, <laughs> one of the great greatest singers of all time. <laughs> Only I room agree. for one. <laughs> I
0: agree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I but like it's a unique thing, and I come from mm. Chichester, I, and certainly didn't know anyone growing up, so it was very alien.
0: Did you have anyone in the industry who supported you? that you felt you could talk to because it's quite an important part isn't it it's having people in the same boat as you
1: not really no i mean obviously i had like my manager who is you know always being brilliant and and the label at the time were good i think but they're all taking a cut right mm-hmm. S- so it's like there's a limitation even doesn't matter how good world or brilliant magnanimous they are there's still an element of business to it i think there was uh, no i don't to, to be to be completely honest with you at the beginning you don't know many people even though you sort of do but you don't mm. you know
0: yeah mm. talking about um a record label were there expectations and any pressures that you felt in that situation, you've already kind of explained that it's a certain relationship you have with them, but did you feel?
1: Oh yeah, huge amount of pressure. You yeah. did, okay. Yeah, okay. and and a huge amount of pressure to, f- to do well and to succeed, and uh, most of the time, during those first couple of years, I felt like a failure, actually, ironically, I'd say. It was, because you're constantly being compared to people that are doing way better than you. And, um, y- you know, that the way that major label system works is to, I think it leads to the artists quite commonly feeling somehow uh, like they aren't good enough uh, or they're not selling yeah, because there's never. There's always someone more successful than you. Ironically, I'd say as I've gotten older and, you know, been on the TV yet less, I feel more successful.
0: Wow, that's interesting.
1: Because I think I don't. Like, I just. I, I compare myself less to other people. I think if you just you know, set your own goals. It's just
0: Yeah, well it's that thing of having a lot of success and then then having more pressure almost because you're trying to kind of stay there and then there's yeah. pressures to do that and you're competing against so yeah. much. Whereas if you pull yourself out of that game a little bit perhaps it's it's less bad bad on your mental health, you know? Yeah.
1: Um, mm. Yeah, I think I think I think the crazy thing about the music industry is like not to is, and that is what we're talking about, isn't it, today? The music industry and like, like, I think the the crazy thing about it is like, you've got a bunch of old people, usually, older people (laughs) making shed loads of money from a bunch of 21 year olds. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. not every experience is like that, but a lot of them are. And that is a very strange dynamic doesn't matter how you spin it. You know, there's so many elements of that in in the arts and in capitalism in general. So it's like, but I got into it and still remain, I I hope and I think, quite innocently. Like, I just love art. I love music, love writing songs, love playing with my band. In in all honesty, I wasn't really that bothered about selling records or being in successful... I think there's still the feeling from my band and I, every gig that you can sit in the dressing room and you can hear there's a crowd of, uh, uh, you know, there's a, a full room out there. Y- you you genuinely feel very present and go, wow, I feel really lucky. It never goes away. Like, I can't believe people want to come and see me. Mm. Like, but, and you've got to keep that element of uh, gratitude and, And you do when you're healthy. I think what's what the major label and a lot of music industry become so cynical and all they want to do is make money. And it's this, it's this where art meets commerce. Yeah,
0: it's totally different, completely different spaces. Two completely
1: different sets of ambitions. Mm. And I think sometimes it can work quite harmoniously, and other times it can work. You know, you look at like, you watch like the Amy Winehouse film or. Stuff like that. And it's just like tragic because you're just like, they just worked this poor... Suck her dry. ...artist into the, you know, literally into the grave. I mean, it was awful. And you can see how that, you can see how that sort of thing happens. And no one looks around and goes, is, you know, no one checks the the moral... Mm quality of what they're doing.
0: Do you think if you could give yourself some advice perhaps when you were in that moment now, what what would it be?
1: Stop with that weird haircut.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very important.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which hasn't really gotten it back. (laughs) Uh,
0: How when we're talking about sort of you know your music and how much you love hearing the crowd in the other room and all that stuff what is your experience of touring being on the road obviously a lot of people talk about the very high highs and lows and what's your experience your personal experience of gigging
1: i lo- like i love it i love it so much mm. i love every element of it i uh, i um i love it i just finished a tour a week ago it's like it was so magical the whole thing uh i love the i love the the sort of the day of like you wake up and you've got this like thing at the end of the day that everything is kind of preparation for this thing and it's not And you don't really know how it's going to go. You don't know if it's going to be like good or bad or even like maybe what the room's going to be like or.
0: The anticipation, the excitement, all of that.
1: Yeah, like I live for it. I love it so much. I think it's so awesome. Mm -hmm. And I love the sort of showbiz element of it as well, like all the 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 lights and the. I don't know. I just really love it. I love ele- every element of it. I think I love it more and more as well as time goes by because it's so. It's such a beautiful thing. It's like, like I know people have phones at gigs and stuff, but even with the phones, it's just like it's so. Like present, and everyone is just like there's not. You don't walk away with anything material, and it's. It's so not there's nothing it's not like consume it's not like fast food it's not like going to the shop it's like it's so untangible and and it you're buying a, 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 an experience and you lose all track of time and and you've got people from all walks of life from so many different situations of you know even just their day or where they have come from or And yet they all have this shared experience. It transcends all of things that try to divide us. I think it's just so beautiful. And it's so nice to be a part of like the good bit of someone's day rather Mm. than like, it's the opposite of being like a parking ticket man. (laughs) Like that's like the worst bit of someone's day, Mm. giving someone a parking ticket. Mm -hmm. Like being a musician, you get to, bring joy you get to be like the good bit Mm. Um, do you
0: think because you have those amazing highs on stage and as you said it feels like an out of body experience almost that with that you come down at some point Yeah. do you notice that
1: yeah definitely and Mm. that's where like it's that's where like there's all the you know I guess that whole rock and roll image comes from It's really difficult I mean, I've heard Chris Martin talking about it before. Of like, literally, like he's like at one of his big stadiums and he's does a gig, and then he gets in a car, and then like twenty minutes later, he's like in his hotel room. and There's no one. And It's mm. just like staring at the walls. It's like, it's definitely like doesn't matter how big your gigs are. It's definitely like it's the weirdest part of the job. Mm. It's like coming down from it,
0: and that's quite an alien experience. for a normal person isn't it to have that
1: yeah I guess it's sort of a bit more of a roller coaster Mm.
0: Um, I reckon that's why as well you know a lot of people kind of take to alcohol and drugs just to kind of keep that feeling and and get get rid of that loneliness in a way yeah you know yeah do you think why do you think it's so normal? I, I don't. as <laughs> 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 with a beer in hand. <laughs> so that's rumors. not me. <laughs> um, but why do you think it is? Do you think that's why it's so normalised in 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 the music industry, alcohol and drugs and that kind of as you said rock and roll? Is that what it is? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's part of the sort of nihilistic, like, you know, hmm. good time. Like, I guess, I guess it is rooted in that, but. I mean I've definitely done tours where I've drunk way too much, mm-hmm. like I think you know but <sighs> I'm a bit better at it now i think
0: how how what ways do you make it better for yourself now? Drink, do you think drink less <laughs> <laughs> that's simple just a few less beers <laughs>
1: um it's just too self indulgent You can't keep the party going, yeah. But I think actually these days, like, not to sound like some sort of zen master, but like I'm, I do quite a lot of meditation on tour. And I, before I mean, I haven't done a gig in the past five years, which I haven't done twenty minutes meditation before, and I feel like that set it sets me in a much, although like the shows are very like, you know, sort of exciting, it's still just like, I'm aware of the excitement and and I can be aware of it as I walk off as the excitement fades Mm. as well, if you know what I mean.
0: Do you you meditate before and after or just before? Not after, but
1: like, but i feel like the bit before is important you know mm. i think it sets you up for a nice
0: how long ago <laughs> did you learn
1: i learned in 2016 um with the D- at the david lynch foundation and i've done it transcendental much. Yeah. yeah yeah do you do it as well i don't
0: no well i do re- i do um reiki Right. So, yeah, oh, nice. and uh, meditation, but not the same one you're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, I fa- I found that to be a real gift in yeah, my life yeah, too, because yeah. uh, I do music as well. So yeah. I know the feeling completely. Yeah. Changed my life. So yeah, yeah. So it's good to hear that. Yeah. Um, how the dressing room has changed, eh? Meditation before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you ever read any sort of reviews about your performance or anything, or do you just totally switch off after you've been on a tour? is it something that you entertain
1: as an act of sort of self harm yeah well we all do it don't mm. we yeah <laughs> occasionally like i follow a few like uh fan sort of accounts which is definitely the most sort of self indulgent thing <laughs> you can do <laughs> the ones <laughs> but yeah <laughs> but they're very nice people and that mm. sometimes i learn things about things <laughs> um i feel like with like journalists like when i started in music it was like they had a hell of a lot of power like it was definitely still the sort of era where like a journalist could break an artist with like one great article about the one i always think of is like elton john at the troubadour is like is that famous story of like i think it was like the la times or new york times and it like exploded Elton John in America. It's like, to think of a a newspaper doing that now is, like, strange. But even when I first got into it, it was, like... I was talking to my manager about it the other day. It's, like, still... Some band he managed, like, got one bad review and it was their career over. But there was still a little bit of that. I guess the internet
0: uh, has turned into that, really, hasn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah. Well, I feel like now it's sort of, like, they don't really... Well, they just don't it's just it's I think it's a pretty hard job to do now at music journalism. I think like you know, I think it's difficult it just seems to me there's less and less. And I think it is an important uh you know, I think I read something about like any arts writing should be there. You know, originally was there to encourage people to consume the arts. It was there to sort of funnel down all of the things that came out that week and encourage people to listen to these three things. You know, it was like a positive thing. But I think there was certainly a period like the beginning of my career when journalists were beginning to catch on that their sort of potency was being reduced and they started writing these like horrendous things about people like, like I guess trying to be like divisive or Mm. you know draw attention draw attention (coughs) and I definitely feel like I was on the receiving end of a few of those things and it was like I definitely found like in this age of um in this age we're in now I wonder whether that would happen Mm. I feel like there was I feel like there would be perhaps more uh consideration before writing yeah you, know, you think back to like the 90s or 2000s and it's like yeah. f- some of the stuff these people wrote about people it's like crazy I know Um, you know like about like s- I
0: remember being young and there being magazines with you know celebrity females on the beach with circles around cellulite on their legs yeah and, you know like really Now magazine just awful yeah. horrendous I remember there was a, like a period of time where it was just trying to bring everyone down constantly yeah I mean that must have really you must have you know must have affected you quite a lot having things like that written
1: yeah definitely i f- yeah. i think i i have a i think i have a deep distrust of journalists mm. because i don't feel um like i feel like it's almost as completely counterproductive for me to do an interview with a journalist now because i f- i freeze up right as yeah. soon as i start well, talking well that wrong. makes
0: sense you would do it's because yeah. every
1: other time they have sort of you know um, yeah so
0: you you brushed upon we were talking about um, your last album Monster mm. Mm. the song you wrote was about anxiety mm. and you had a, um, an experience uh, where you were rushed to hospital mm. do you mind telling us about what happened
1: yeah sure so um, so I was having these uh, panic attacks and I didn't know what they were and um, which seems insane to me now, because I've like met so many people that have had them, and it seems like such a part of I don't know, I just it seems strange that I didn't know what they were, but I genuinely didn't know what they were i thought I thought a panic attack was like someone breathing in a paper bag, you know, like in a like nineties Hollywood films on planes and stuff um, but I was getting all these like strange symptoms where I'd be like. I'd start, I'd like almost black out and stuff. And I got more and more freaked out about it and started feeling like dizzy. And then, and then I was in Munich and uh, I was in the shower and I just like couldn't breathe. And it was like, it was really, I mean, I'm sure maybe some of you in here have had panic attacks. Like it was so terrifying, like possibly the most terrifying You know feeling i've ever had and i didn't you know i i I couldn't catch my breath i guess because i was so now you know because i was hyperventilating so much um so i ended up working myself up my but i ended up working my body up my heart up into such a frenzied state that it wouldn't go down and then uh my heart rate wouldn't go down and and stupid really it just ends up in hospital and I uh, had the same experience, so that's did what you I say it. yeah, for the I first time
0: um yeah, i had um I ended up having uh an operation I had a assist in my ovary, right. but I didn't know what it was, and I was in pain, and I would get panic attacks, because right. I had the pain I didn't know where it came from, right. and I had one in particular, I went to hospital when i when I b- literally nearly passed out and the room was spinning and I saw p- spots everywhere and I f- couldn't catch my breath and I had no idea. I thought it was dying, basically. Right, yeah. So, um, and that's when I first discovered I had them and then they kind of reoccurred for a while. Mm, yeah, me too. Um, and yeah. things would trigger it. So I kind of learnt my triggers of what it was. Yeah. If I hadn't had enough sleep, sometimes it would make it worse or... Yeah. Um, and I've had them ever since, unfortunately. Right. So I do as like you suffer from them, yeah. which is is hard, and and it's crazy how it's not talked about enough because it's really frightening when it happens, really.
1: Yeah, I re really, I really like the charity that's, associ- Calm, mm-hmm. that's associated Calm. with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um 'cause Because I went on their Instagram a few times around that time, and I was like, mm. it was. I thought it was really good work which is why it's nice to do this today but um the um yeah crazy crazy uh and I guess for me that was like I then acknowledged that some of the other experiences I was having with my mind perhaps weren't normal and that was like a journey of which to some extent well not to some extent of which i am still on trying to not be so hard on myself mm
0: yeah oh, i have that problem too yeah i understand that <laughs> yeah um do you know what triggers th- it for you is it just moments of feeling insecure or or um Is the things that make you panic, and then it gets, or is it just random? At random, it happens.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I don't actually get panic attacks anymore. Weirdly, they've sort of gone, but I get a similar. I get sort of. Sort of, my mind becomes very worried and paranoid and obsessive which <laughs> is <laughs> not fun <laughs> but um, but yeah it sounds stressful Tom <laughs> yeah it's, there's moments of stress <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah but you know I think I think the thing is is like like it, it's nice to t- for a long time I didn't want to talk about it stuff because I was like even now actually I still as I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh, you're such a self-indulgent prick. Like, no. Just stop going on about yourself. <laughs> well, that's why we're all here today. <laughs> yeah, we're here to talk about it. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's so embarrassing in a way. Mm. Not embarrassing because I feel like it's embarrassing to have these things, but I'm just like, "Why am, what am I doing here?
0: <laughs> well, talking? You're helping a lot of people who are listening. Well, yeah, you know? yeah, and I have to
1: <laughs> remind myself of that. Yeah. I'm just like, it is that... I guess through being honest about how you feel, it helps other people realise that we all get these uh we all get these things. We all do. Well or you lots were, of us do. You were
0: saying you kind of feel a bit guilty for talking about it almost. Um and but do you think things are changing? I mean, especially as a man talking about this, you know, there is a sort of Feeling that men over the years haven't been able to talk about things like this, haven't been able to talk about their feelings. It's it's in some way, um, you know, uh, not good for a man not to be strong and all of this mm. stuff. Do you feel like that's I- I- you have that guilt because you've been told that it's not it is you know not good to talk about it?
1: Probably, probably, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that the the w- I think there's so many. there's so many things we inherit from the sort of, the past and the conditioning, you know, I'm not sure I can break down why it is, I feel like that, but I feel like, you know, evidently there's a lot of issues with our original idea of, or the previous century's idea of what it is to be a man, Mm. that, you know, have, 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 certainly come to light and I feel I definitely think that it's going to require a lot of compassion to fix those um, some of those problems I think I think so many I think so many guys I know still are you know really would uh, I mean, I I genuinely, if it wasn't for music and it wasn't for this microphone and this platform that I'm on right now, I really don't know if I would have spoken up about or I would be talking about how I feel because I think the the mode that is most natural to me is to not, is to be quiet and to... um, I guess quite good willed in the sense of like, I just feel like people have it so much worse than me Mm. and they do. They have it a million times worse. But I think the silence of the the lack of emotional, uh, the ability to talk about our emotions is the, is the cause of so many of, of, of the world's problems. Um,
0: Do you find it easier sometimes to talk through music?
1: Certainly. And I I definitely am prepared to say things in my songs that I would not even dream of saying (laughs) into like a friend or a family or anything. Yeah. Um,
0: And how, how do your... Could you give us a bit of an insight on how your ideas are formed? I mean, is it something that you feel something you want to talk about and it will start as a little lyric idea or how how does it grow into a song
1: um well right now today i try to write a song and i sat at the piano and all i f- f- all i thought about was how the hell have i ever written a song before because <laughs> this feels so difficult and I, everything i'm <laughs> writing is rubbish and I should just give up and become a gardener. <laughs> uh, because I'd like to become a gardener um, a lot. And um, But then there's other days when I just sit at the piano and the moment my fingers hit the keys, it, you know, like Paws a whole out. song falls out, yeah.
0: Mm. Um, do you feel like, I mean... People say that creative people are very sensitive by nature. Do you feel that when you're feeling things most extreme, the songs flow easier? Or does it not have anything to do with how you're feeling at the time?
1: Feeling things most extreme is a good way of putting it, I think. Yeah. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's like a deep state of calm and Mm. good things come out of that. Sometimes, sometimes it's
0: quite hypnotic, isn't it? You going into yeah. a bit of a trance and it kind of just something takes over a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or sometimes you're in you're in a lot of pain and it just you're d- desperate to get it out. Yeah. Yeah. Both enjoyable moments. Sometimes you're just a little bit too <laughs> at peace and nothing comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I definitely think it's a it's a state that that I recognise when I mean it definitely comes in sort of like Sometimes it can be like a month long and you just get loads of songs out of it and then and then sometimes, yeah, a long time. But yeah, I think mm. I, I recognise the feeling. It's definitely a feeling. Mm.
0: What things do you do to calm your... You said, you know, you've had anxiety in the past with things and you, to bring in a piece, I mean, you mentioned you meditate, but there are other things. You just mentioned gardening. Is that something that really brings you calm?
1: No, I actually don't garden. But oh, but you've got you've to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to though. I like, I like. Uh, yeah, it's nice to be amongst nature like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, other things I do.
0: Yeah. What, what gives you a inner peace? Calm.
1: I feel like my whole day is sort of various things to try and achieve that. Mm. Um, I do quite a lot of exercise. So like I run, do yoga and stuff. I find that's Makes me feel quite calm. I read. Reading makes me feel calm.
0: What are you reading at the moment?
1: I just finished a book actually. Uh, it was really long and I'm really sad. It's finished. It was called Lonesome Dove. It's by g- this guy called L- Larry McCurtry. It was like a western. Nice. Yeah, but it was really beautiful, lovely. It was like one of the best books of have ages. I started reading this book um, a couple nights ago, and it's like a um, detective novel. Um, the Big Sleep, is it?
0: Mm.
1: The Big Sleep? It's like old, it's 20s or. Yeah, I think there was a film made of that as yeah, well. There's a film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm reading that. And I read a lot of self help books as well. Oh yeah, so do I. (laughs) Love Love a good self help book. (laughs) Endless self help books. I read. I read two this year. I read. So i reread The Power of Now. Oh Eckhart um, Tolle, which is great. Big fan. I recommend anyone who wants to read a good book read that. And I also read this one called by Michael Singer called The Untethered Soul.
0: I think we all get to a certain age where we just start reading books like that. I, I never used to be interested in it, and now I can't get enough. I can't read them publicly. <laughs> no. I, I feel too I can't read them on the train. I have my hand above <laughs> the cover just because I feel too embarrassed. <laughs> um, you're now an independent artist, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a way a load of musicians are going now. Um, why did you want to do things differently, and do you think the current sort of record deal structure is harmful for artists' mental health?
1: I think it's constantly evolving. I wouldn't like to say to be honest with you, mm. but like I think I think it's different for everyone. Like mm. like I actually feel very fortunate to be in the position I'm in right now. Uh I think more than mental health I don't think I could say that that, that being on a major label is worse for your mental health than being independent. I don't, I think it's sort of irrelevant to anyone, you know, th- there's a million different scenarios where you could be both, but the, the the type of deal that I was on, on a major label is, an in <laughs> like, a mo- like, it definitely felt like daylight robbery at moments. Right. Uh, I'm incredibly grateful f- for my relationship that I had with Sony, I signed to them for 10 years I think there's definitely moments just to be completely honest that I look back at say certain songs of mine that I wrote myself, I produced myself, I sang them, I played them. This is like a piece of 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 music which basically very few other people have any involvement in and it's complete creation of s- I look back on myself as a 22 year old just make this thing yourself and if I'm to look at it from a point of view of like I don't know what the gain is of telling them I don't know like I'm just from the point of view of business it's insane that like I get a a tiny share Mm -hmm. of that whilst a big corporation makes loads and loads of money out of it every year and I make practically nothing out of it it's like Mm -hmm that's an insane thing that, but I don't feel any bitterness about it because I just feel like I'm also incredibly fortunate to have had the career and I've, you know, I've got, I'm, you know, I feel weird talking about money, I'm fine with money, it's like, Mm. you know, but I do think there's moments where you asked about mental health and major record companies, no, I think there's definitely moments where i feel like it's like a lose lose situation it's like if you succeed you make no money and if you fail you you fail mm. yeah so it's like but like <laughs> i d- i i don't i don't know if i don't feel like that's really what we're here to talk about so it's, i feel weird talking about that but like do do i but then i do do i think that the music industry right now with people's mental health um I don't think there's i don't think there's enough uh like i wouldn't say unions but i don't think there's enough like it's the same with modeling like my my girlfriend's a model uh and like you just got friends and models I've, it's the same with music it's like you've you've got unregulated capitalism and people making loads and loads of money and there's no like independent body there's no central body that's that's like looking after young artists that get signed who are getting no other advice than the labels. And if I was to start a charity, I'd love to start a charity that that, that looked after artists that get signed to major record companies and then get dropped. And then just I uh, uh, just like sat there just like, oh, I was going to go to university. I was going to do this. Like My feeling towards major record companies is they're there to toast the glass of champagne but they're not there when it doesn't work out yeah. and I think the deal should be that you're there f- for both the, the, the price you pay to, to, to even get in the room to clink the champagne is, is that you've got to be there when it's you know that the wheels are falling off and I think that nine times out of ten sadly with music it doesn't work out and it, and you know, it's it's a small, pyra- you know, the p- it's a pyramid with a very. Uh, it's, uh, there's not much room at the top, so it's like.
0: It's you feel a sense of 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 a bit of freedom that it's kind of, now your own rules in a way, and that moving yeah. forward, yeah, you're making the decisions in a way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think the w- I I think generally speaking, the world is getting better at. at, at at looking after people Mm. in the arts and stuff. I just hope it doesn't get veneer. It's like a lot of things. Like I saw something the other other day on a mate's Instagram, it's like World Mental Health Day and you've got like all these big corporations going, it's okay not to be okay, but one of the corporations is like BAE Systems who like make weapons that bomb people. And I'm like, (laughs) why are you getting involved in World Mental Health Day? Like you kill people. Mm. Like, and my my worry is that these things become kind of trivialized and 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 corporatized and monetized and in our pursuit of something good and actually something pure and 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 good-willed and w- well-intentioned we end up money just ends up eating it all up you mm-hmm. know like because the money always wins. It's always the case. It's like, it's it's profit over everything. And I think my experience in music is that no matter how well intentioned people may be, it's still money. Mm-hmm. And that's the sort of reality of it, I think. Yeah. The sad, cynical reality. Of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do want to talk about, just before we leave, um, your new single is out on Friday, and it is so beautiful. Oh, great! I, I listened to a little clip on your Instagram, oh, nice. and it sounds absolutely amazing. And it's called Flight. Flight. Yeah. Could you yeah. could you explain what that's about?
1: Um, I guess it's similar to the two previous songs that come out recently, and um, but yeah, I I I'm really rubbish at talking about it. But like, okay. I'm re- I'm really I really like it. I'm really excited for people to hear. It.
0: Well, I just want to say a massive thank you. Thank you. Very it's much. been an amazing interview, and yeah, you've been. It's been a privilege, really. Thank you you for your honesty and openness. Pleasure. Thank you for
1: listening, putting up with me. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to Unknown Pressures and a huge thank you as well to the brilliant Tom Adele for his openness and honesty. Please subscribe to this podcast and follow The Book of Man for updates and all future events. I've been Irena Mancini and see you very soon.